It's going to be a fun day. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about hope. Pastor alluded to that a little bit ago. Uh, we're going to be talking about hope, where our hope comes from, um, our, our need of hope, and how that hope helps us. Um, so one, one type of hope that I wanted to talk about today is, you guys notice I'm wearing a beautiful Browns logo. Sarah like. <laughs> now, now the reason I'm wearing that is because all the Steelers fans in here are Browns fans for one day. I've been, I've been hoping for that for a long time, that we could find some common ground, that we could love each other, or at least tolerate each other, and now you guys have to. <laughs> so that is, that is one type of hope. Now, uh, it's kind of funny, if you, <clears throat> if you Google hope, Ogre, where's Ogre? He loves Google. Ah, he took the offering back. I hope he comes back with it. But, uh, so, Ogre loves Google. So, I Googled the word hope, and it gave me two definitions. So, the first definition is uh, the Webster's definition, the world's definition of hope. Hope is a feeling of expectation for a certain thing to happen. That's hope. So, I, I hope the Browns win. The Steelers fans really hope the Browns win. Um, but... Uh, that's, a, that's a, a feeling of expectation for a certain thing to happen. Is it going to happen? Doubt it, but I hope. So the, the next hope is the biblical definition. And again, this just, it popped up on Google. These are both in Webster's. So the biblical definition of hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength is in his faithfulness. We have a hope that goes beyond beyond this, beyond that. Um, sorry, I just pointed at all the Steelers fans. I'll talk over here. Oh, there's another one. Um, so our, our, our hope, our hope that we live out uh, as, as believers in Christ is not found in this world. It, it's not a, a feeling of expectation, but it's a confidence that we have in God because God has never, never failed. You go throughout all the Old Testament leading up into the New Testament, God has never failed. He's made so many promises to us. Has he ever let you down? No. Good. I'm glad nobody went. <laughs> then we can talk later. So uh, let's jump into it here. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. God makes a promise to us here. Um, the promise that he makes, there, there's actually a lot of stuff in this one verse. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So think about that. God knows the plans that he has for you. A lot of times we get tripped up in our own situations. We get, we get stuck in our circumstances. We don't know what's happening next. But God knows, he knows the plans that he has for us. We can't see tomorrow, but God's already been there. God came back with a good plan for you, a plan for your welfare, not for evil, for future and a hope. So in context here, so Jeremiah is writing this letter to the Israelites who are in bondage. Uh, they're currently in Babylon. Uh, they've been exiled. If you look at verse 4, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent 
into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. God's punishment is upon these people. These people have been taken out of Israel and into Babylon, pretty much the pagan capital of the world in that day, and they are in bondage, they're in exile because of their rebellion, their disobedience to God. Uh, you see that so many times throughout the Old Testament. You see, uh, just, just, it seems like every book starts, and again, the people of Israel were doing what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So they kept falling into the cycle of sin. Um, they kept falling into adultery. God commanded their whole heart, and they cheated on them. That's basically what happens. So they send them into, or God sends the Israelites into exile. So now they're in Babylon. They're in the pagan capital of the world. They got all this stuff going on around them. And they've been there for years and years and years. They're stuck in this situation where they don't have a future. They don't have a hope, at least not that they can see. But God comes in verse 11 and says, I have a plan for you. I know the plan I have for you. It's a plan for good, not for evil. It's a plan for a future and a hope. Right now in the, in the Israelite camp, things seem dark. Things seem, things seem extremely hopeless. It's like there's no end in sight. Uh, to make it worse, uh, the people that they should be leaning on in verses 8 and 9 says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not, do not let your prophets or diviners who are among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. So now they're in this hopeless situation. They're like, I can't go to the prophets because they're lying to me. I can't go to the Babylonians to figure out how to get help because we're in captivity to them and they don't even know God. So where do I turn? Then God shows up and says, I know the plan I have for you. It's a plan for good, not for evil. It's a plan for a future and a hope. So uh, what got them into this situation is sin. So we've all been stuck in situations. We've all been in circumstances where it seems so bleak that there's, 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 no, there's no glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. There's nothing that we can say or do, and it, it, it seems hard when we go to find help because none of it's making sense to our situation. So a lot of that has to do with uh, a sin that's in our lives. Now, I'm not saying that every single situation that you're stuck in is a direct result of your sin. I think of another story in the Old Testament of Joseph. Uh, he was sold into slavery. His brothers faked his death. He was imprisoned. He was lied about. He was imprisoned again. He was forgotten in prison, but he remained faithful to God. Did his situation get any better? Not for a long time, but he remained faithful to God. So God promises us a future and a hope. He didn't take his eyes off God, but God had a plan for him. And what came out of all of that bad? You know, he remained faithful. Joseph remained faithful to God through all of this. What came out of that? Glory to God. A testimony came out of that. We all go through situations in our lives. Some of it is, I'd say a vast majority, is due to our rebellion. I can speak for myself. A lot of the struggles that I deal with every single day are because of my rebellion. I, I know what's right, like Paul writes, I know what's right, but I do what's wrong. I know what's wrong, and yeah, I still go that direction. Uh, it, it's, it's something that I struggle with every day. It's something that we all struggle with every day. We struggle with rebellion. Um, we struggle with sin in our life, and sin separates. That's what we're looking at here with the Israelites. They, there is sin that was happening. There was a separation that needed to take place. God put them into exile. So God has a plan for them. 
God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. So I, I don't know your specific plan, but I, I know it's for good. It's not, not for evil, excuse me. I know that there's situations that we deal with that, that really creep up, especially around this time of year. I know that there's uh, ruts, mental ruts that we get into because we think about loved ones that we've lost. We think about uh, the hard struggles because we couldn't get all of our kids everything they wanted for Christmas. Um, we start to think about, you know, if I, if I have, we, we make goals like New Year's resolutions. We, we start to think, you know, if I have this job and we try to justify it, if I have this job, I can make this much money. Oh, and I'll be able to tie that much to the church. That's what I need, God. That's what you need. We try to sway him, but he has a plan. He knows the plan that he has for us. Um, it might not be the plan we want. You look at Joseph. That wasn't the plan that he had, but it was God's plan. So he's able to redeem every situation. He was able to redeem Israel out of this eventually. We're not in that chapter, but that's, that's a really, really tough chapter. These people are having a tough life, and that's a great verse in the middle of their tough life. That's a great verse for us. If you're, if, you're in a, if you're stuck in a rut right now, if you feel like there's no future, if you feel like there's no hope, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Now, I know where that plan starts. We just celebrated it. That's where that plan starts. The plan starts with God giving us his son. We're going to turn to... Uh, a very seldom read verse in church, John 3.16, you probably haven't heard of it. John 3.16 and 17. This is God's plan. This is where God's plan starts for your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's where God's plan starts. That's where he's redeeming our situations. We are all born into sin. We're all born into exile, separation from God. God can't be in your situation if sin is still in that situation. God can't be part of that situation if you're still leaning on yourself to get out of Babylon. If you're, if you're stuck in your own personal Babylon, if you're in exile right now, God has a plan. His plan involved sending his own son, part of him, a third of the Trinity, to be born in a manger, to die on a cross, to give us a future and a hope. So with this new hope, there's, a, there's a, a, something that happens in us when we accept Christ. If you look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7, um, I'm going to go through this pretty darn quick. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, this is the first step of, of living in that hope is accepting that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. We're, we're brand new when we come to Christ. Everything that's happened in our past, everything that's got us stuck in the mud is, is, is dead. I mean, it, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It still affects us. It's still in our mind. We still have to deal with it every day, but now we have a new focus. 
We know that there is a plan. We know that there is something good coming from that because that's what God promised in Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. It, it's, a, it's a plan for welfare and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. Jesus came, he was born, he suffered, he died, he took my sin, he took your sin to give us hope and a future. Without that, there is no future and there is no hope. There is only eternal exile, eternal separation from God. So we're new creations when, when we come to Christ. The old passes away. Now, like I said, it doesn't, it, that doesn't mean that it never happened. It still affects our lives. There's, there's things that happened to the old Jake that still affect him today. That's, that's just part of life. That's part of living. That doesn't mean that it has to control me. That doesn't mean that it has to consume my mind. That's just something that I have to work through because God gives me that hope. I can't do it on my own. A lot of times we try to get out of Babylon on our own, and we can't do it. How, how many years did the Israelites stay in, in uh, Babylon? What? Seventy. Yes, absolutely. He's so good. <laughs> if I spent 70 years trying to get myself out of my situation, I'd... I couldn't do it. There's no way I could do it. I'd end up looking like Marlon when I was 40. <laughs> Love you. Sorry. <coughs> Not far from it. I know. Marlon's got a lot more hair. That's, that's more hope. When I have a resurrected body, I'm going to need a haircut. Right, Marlon? <laughs> All right. So... Um, so we, we, have a, we have a new body, we, have, or a, a, a new, we are a new creation in Christ. We have a brand new future and a brand new hope. I distracted myself, Dick. So with, with that new hope grows inside of us something called faith. Um, now, f faith doesn't come instantly like your new creation, like your eternal hope, your eternal future. Faith is built by, uh, by seeing what God does in your life, by letting him take control. Um, verse, yeah, Hebrews 11.1 1 is, is, we all call that the definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. It's the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. If you take hope out of any kind of faith that you claim to have, you destroy it. You can't have faith without having hope. You can't have faith in knowing that that God is eternal, God has saved me from my sins, you can't walk around claiming that and, and still live like you have no hope. I, don't, I, I, I think too many of us do that. I, there's times where I do it. Um, I think of work a lot because that's a very stressful environment for me. Well, it used to be. It's a whole lot better now. Uh, I'm still, I still got a job, everybody. I'm still employed. But... Uh, so when, when, when I would walk through my day, and everybody at work knows that I'm a Christian, we would have our prayer times with me and some of my buddies uh, at break or whatever, and then I would get back out on the floor, and, and chaos would ensue, and it was, it was like I was living with no hope. Um, that I, was, I was running my business with no hope. There was no future. I was just going day to day to day. 
And I think, I think too many of us, too many times, live our life like that. We say, I'm a Christian, but we just live day to day like there's no hope, like there's no future, like God, that, like God doesn't have a plan. But he says, I know the plans that I have for you. He sent his son because of the plans that he has for you. Jesus was born and Jesus died because God has a plan for you. How do you know, or how do I know that God has a plan for you? Like, a lot of people are in despair, uh, a, lot of, a lot of hard, hard hearts. A lot of people have been hurt, they don't know how to get over that, and they think God has left, or God has abandoned them, or God just flat out doesn't care. I know that God has a plan for you. Number one, he says it, and he, he never lets us down. God is faithful. God has a plan for you. Second reason I know that is because you're sitting here today. If God didn't have a plan for you, you wouldn't be here. God's not done with you. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. I thought somebody stole my Romans. I thought maybe he was sitting down there. I dropped it up the stairs. So I think, I think we can all identify with sometimes we feel like there is no hope. Sometimes we feel like we're in a, a very, very dark place. It's times like that where we have to read, you know, John 16 and 7, or John 3, 16 and 17 again to remind us what God has done for us to get those wheels turning and remind us why we fell in love with Christ in the first place. Because he offers us a future and a hope. This world offers us uh, you know, the, the, the feeling of expectation for a certain thing to happen. I don't want to go through life with a feeling of expectation that a certain thing will happen. I want to go through life with the hope, with the confident expectation of what God has promised, and its strength is in his faithfulness. That's the hope that I want to live with. I don't, I don't want to just bump through this life saying, man, I, I hope I don't get hit by a car today, or I hope next time I'm deer hunting, this big old buck walks underneath me, and I hope I hit it and can trail it. <laughs> I did that too this year. But I... I, I'm making a choice because I believe in what Christ has done for me. I believe in what Christ has done in your lives because I, I can see it. You know, there, there's, there's times where you live your life and you can't see what God's doing day to day to day to day to day. But, you know, I, a lot of you guys, I only see you once a week, and I can see your growth on a weekly progression. It's hard for you to live your life and and. and, and you feel like you're stuck in a rut because God's not moving. But I, I, I see you snippets and snippets here and there and here and there, and I can see growth. I can see that God has a plan for you. I can see that you guys believe that. You're living with the faith. Do we all live that with hope? Do we all walk through this world 
not hoping for a, a certain thing to happen, but with the confident expectation of what God has promised. And its strength is in his faithfulness. I ask again, is that, did God ever let anybody down? Is God still with you? Is he still carrying you through? Through Christ, have you been justified? So when you're stuck in that, in, in that dark place and you feel like there's no hope and there's no future, if you say, I believe in Christ, then you're lying to yourself. You, you, you're you're kind of taking the mindset of when, uh, uh, in, in 8 and 9 of Jeremiah 29, you're kind of taking that mindset of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm believing in these prophets that are kind of tickling my ear. I'm believing in them. Maybe they're telling me that, you know, life's, this, is, this is just all there is to it. This is all there is to life. Life is what you make it, which is partially true. I think life is what you surrender to God. Life is what you surrender to God. Through that, through that comes our justification. So I'm going to read Romans 5, 1 through probably somewhere around 11. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we, we, we realize in our suffering or we, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Is anybody suffering today? I'll be honest. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a, a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows, bless you, my goodness. <laughs> but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. That's a future. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we have been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. That's hope. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. When we were born, we were born into sin. We were born separated from God. We were born in exile. When we come to Christ, there's reconciliation. Like Lee was saying, God has, we have turned to God. We need to keep moving in that direction. That's where the strength, the endurance, the character, and the hope come from. It's our relationship with God. It's our proximity with God. How close are you? Is your, is your walk moving forward? Are you stagnant? Are you living with faith and no hope? Or is there faith and hope? And what's that hope in? Is it in uh, things of this world? Is it in the temporal things like 
my, my job, my car, um, the big buck? Uh, or, or is it in God who's in control of everything, who knows the plan he has for you? God's not finished with you yet. We're now partakers of his promise. When we, when we come to the realization of the fact that God is faithful, and we believe that his son was born and he died on a cross for our sins so he could have a relationship with us to bring us out of exile. When we believe in that with our whole heart, that's when he starts showing us his plan, his individual plan for your life. I know it's hard, and it doesn't, it, doesn't look like, uh, it doesn't look like the plan's playing out day after day after day after day after day, but day after day after day after day after day is your sanctification. So one more verse, and I'm going to close with this. So remember, Jeremiah 29.11 God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Philippians 1.6. Paul's writing here and he says, I am sure of this. I'm sure of this because I believe in God's promises. I'm sure of this. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you is going to see it to completion. He's faithful. I, uh, one, one, more, one more thing. I... Uh, I think, of, I, th I think of Jesus right after you fed the 5,000. He gets his dudes together and they get in a boat and Jesus says, let's go to the other side. He had a plan. They get, I don't know, about halfway across Miss Linda's lake and the storm blows up and these guys panic, but God had a plan. Jesus was down in the, in the depths of the ship and he was asleep. So these guys, the storm's blowing, the waves are crashing over, the, the boat's about to break apart. They're doing everything in their power to save themselves. They're throwing stuff overboard. They're trying everything that they can in their power to save themselves. And th then they wake up Jesus. And he says, why did you have such little faith? He had a plan. He didn't say, let's go halfway across and die in the storm. That wasn't his plan. He said, let's go to the other side. Then he called him on it. Why do you have such little faith? They did everything in their power before they relied on Christ. They did everything that they could. They exhausted every physical, earthly option that they had before they relied on Christ. There's, there's been times in my life I know that I've exhausted <laughs> every option before I woke Jesus up. He lives in you. You have faith and trust in God. He lives in you. Don't let him be a last resort. He's right there. And he's not done. He promised that he has a plan for you. 
and he promised that he's going to see it through to completion. Do you believe that? <laughs> Do you believe that? Yes. All right. Now, here in a couple of minutes, we're, uh, we're going to sing our closing song. The elders are going to be up here praying. Uh, if, you, if you feel like you're stuck in turmoil, you feel like you're stuck in Babylon, you feel like uh, you're still in exile, meaning you don't know if you have a relationship with Christ, come up, let's pray, let's talk about it. If you have a relationship with Christ and you're still holding on to the past, you're still trying to throw everything overboard and exhaust all your physical options. Um, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's seek God because he has a plan for you. If you are at the point of your life when you're like, yes, God, I'm, I'm ready. What's your plan? What's your plan? I, I want to follow. I, I, my hope is in you. What's your plan? I know that you promised me a future and a hope. Show me your plan for my life. Come up, let's pray about it. Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for all that you've given to us. Uh, uh, Lord, I, I, I know that uh, a lot of preparation went into this, and, and there's some times where I think where uh, I'm, I'm preparing for, for something uh, in the forge or here or preparing for a conversation somewhere else where I don't, I don't, I don't know if the other person gets anything out of it Maybe the preparation was all just for me, but Lord, preparing for this has changed my outlook. Preparing for this has helped me to see that, that there is a hope. There is something, uh, something that, that, that is more than me. Out of every circumstance that I go through now, Lord, there's a mindset of there's a testimony coming here. Whether I'm, whether I'm sick, whether it's uh, uh, my relationship with my children that I pray for all the time, whether it's uh, uh, people that I love uh, that are going through hard times, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for your testimony. I'm looking for a way to, to give you the glory. Lord, I pray that, uh, uh, I pray that as we go out today that, that, uh, that you would stir up in people's lives. I pray that you would uh, stir in their hearts Give them, give them your peace, knowing that you have a plan, that we have a future, and that we have a hope, and it's because of your son. Father, we love you, praise you, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.